In today's episode, we'll explore the topic of brands acquisition with Kunle Campbell, co-founder of Octillion, where Kunle shares insight on evaluating and acquiring brands in the CPG industry. Kunle discusses the evaluation criteria, acquisition strategy, and the importance of working capital in financing. Kunle also highlights the significance of the technology stack and operations in the acquisition process. He provides an overview of the current market conditions and the challenges faced by brands. Finally, Kunle talks about his motivation for writing the e-commerce growth strategy book and the importance of brand building and emotional intelligent marketing. In this conversation, Kunle Campbell discusses the importance of understanding emotions and building community in branding. He explains that emotions play a crucial role in triggering specific responses and creating a sense of community. Tune in to another amazing episode about brands acquisition, digital marketing, and e-commerce growth. Welcome to the Ecom Pulse, your heartbeat to the world of e-commerce. Join us as we meet industry leaders, innovative entrepreneurs, and passionate professionals who are at the forefront of the e-commerce revolution. From groundbreaking technologies to marketing magic, Ecom Pulse is your insider's guide to all things e-commerce. So plug in, gear up, and get ready for a pulse-pounding journey into the heart of e-commerce. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Ecom Pulse podcast. I'm Eitan Kotter, your host. I have a special guest today, Kunle Campbell from Octillion. Kunle is building a house of digital-first CPG brands, host of a top-rated 2x e-commerce podcast, and even wrote the e-commerce growth strategy book. Welcome to the show, Kunle. How are you? Thank you, Eitan. I'm, I'm doing very, very well. Um, and thank you for the introduction. It's quite warm. Yes, yes, Kunle. I mean, you've done so many things in e-commerce and retail. And I know you are very busy also, you know, evaluating and acquiring brands. So plenty of things to talk about today. But let's start, you know, from your personal story, Kunle. I mean, please share with us, you know, and you can start whatever you want, right? I mean, about your experience and professional background in e-commerce. I'll give you a short version, um, but this short version will still start from 2004. Wow. In, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so in 2004, I, 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 I went through the formal education routes in e-commerce. I attended one of the first e-commerce master's programs in, in, in the UK. It's, it's, it was with Warwick University. It's called e-business management. So it took us through theoretically, quite theoretically, all the facets of, of building an e-commerce business, whether it's B2B or whether it's B2C, just the general facet. I just got the lay of the land, okay? Yeah. If you want to enable an enterprise, these are the things you do. These are the things to be aware of. If you want to start an e-commerce business, this is these are the things you do and many other things. So we even went into things like accounting and finance just to understand, you know, from a cross-functional standpoint, what it takes to build build a business. And, and I got stuck into, well, I didn't get stuck. I actually applied for, um, for a thesis that was attached to a company. And that company had a very unique problem to, in digital. Mm -hmm. They were a startup international real estate company, and they wanted immediate exposure. And they didn't have necessarily the budget to go into like above the line marketing. They did have it, but they didn't have the resources to continuously advertise and above the line. 
but they kind of understood, you know, what it took to build a business. So sure. I was hired as a student along two, two other students um, there to see what we could do. And the, the results there or the, the, the immediate need was let's get them up on Google, right? For, for terms related to the markets in which you operate. So let's say they sold property in Bulgaria. If you typed up property in Bulgaria in UK mm-hmm. or Ireland, you'd want to see their website. So I was part of that engineering team, like search engine optimization team to, to, to actually really build in this business. So this build business essentially went from zero to seven figures, mid seven figures wow. fairly quickly. It was opportunity, wow. you know, they're selling 500,000 pound homes, but they mm-hmm. have commission, you know? So it's, it's hmm. once you get the leads in, it's it's very very easy to close, especially at that point in time. If you remember, there was a boom. Um, sure. Lots of property prices in the UK were going high, Highs. sky high. Yeah. So people were releasing equity and buying property all over the world. Mm-hmm. So after the one year, I was immediately um, hired as a digital marketing manager for that company, and built my team. We were about five or six people in my team, and then two thousand and eight happened. In 2008, there was a financial crisis, if yep. you remember. Sure. So my team of five just disappeared immediately, but they still wanted me because they still wanted to put their heads above the water. At that point, I had reached an existential crisis because I'd built out a blog, actually, International Property. I was featured in New York Times Herald Tribune for a blog. It was like an international property. It was called Overseas Property Mall. It doesn't exist anymore. And I was also doing lots of affiliate marketing um, you know, um, work. So I'd, I'd built out a a stash. I'd actually registered a business while I was in company. And so I just thought, you know, I already have this business I registered. Why don't I just become a consultant for this company and then try and do that over to more local businesses? So, So that's what I did. And they were very happy and grateful that I was, that they were my first clients. It made, it meant that they didn't pay so much with regard to like taxes and, and all of that. I was just another business. They uh, sent an invoice to them and then they, yes. you know, they, they paid. Yes. So I, I did that. Um, and, and then I, I, I had a local, a small local agency in, 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 in Oxford here. And it was, it was good for a few years. And eventually when, um, when, I started to get interest from, I, I, I got the opportunity to speak at an, at an event and I started to get interest on like from other people outside, other businesses outside of Oxfordshire and outside of the UK, outside, outside of Oxfordshire. Mm-hmm. I started to realize that there were e-commerce businesses and that's when I decided to really double down on e-commerce. So I started my journey in 2012. 2013, sorry, um, as an e- 2012, sorry, as an e-commerce SEO person. So my focus then was like okay. e-commerce SEO, and I did AdWords too. You know, so it was mm-hmm. e-commerce SEO and AdWords. And I remember this client. I, I, I there were quite a big UK private e-commerce you know clients. They they came to me. They attended a seminar I put together. And I, I did promise them after 12 months that I will double their traffic, right? We'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll work out a way to double your traffic. We'll do some content marketing campaigns and we'll double you. And we did double their traffic in one year. But what I realized was having doubled their traffic, it didn't really show on the bottom line, uh, right? So it was like a 30%, which is still good, you know, in terms of like year on year growth. Yeah. But, but 
it, it didn't. So, so I, it, it humbled me that experience. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote about it in my book. I was like, okay, this experience actually humbled me. There, there must be other facets towards growing an e-commerce business that I'm not aware of. You know, why, <laughs> why is this not working? <laughs> not working. Yeah. So, so, um, that took me into like, what is the strategy in, in growth, you know, and, 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 and I eventually started to, um, I ditched the, the agency. I started to work more as an interim growth expert, expert growth yeah. support, growth mm-hmm. manager, CMO, all of that stuff. Um, I started to learn, um, CRO conversion rate optimization, yeah. um, layer that in with Facebook advertising. So I just wanted to get a very broad spectrum because I know somewhere inside me, I wanted to still run and operate an e-commerce business at some point. Yeah. I just didn't want to continue um, being an agency. And, so there and was so a plan. There was a plan. There, there, there. was kind yeah. of, yeah. <laughs> so um, I met my co-founder, um, Ayo, Ayo Desu. He was, um, he was, was writing um, a research paper for University of Burbank around a search fund. If, if, if people are not very familiar with the, with the, with the word um, search funds, essentially an investment vehicle in which it's typically operated by one person. And that person actually either raises the capital privately or it's their own capital to buy an exist, a legacy business and essentially just use that as a job and as a, as a retirement or, you know, as an asset to, to grow, you know, eventually and whether to sell it or to continue to operate it, they, they just buy one and focus on one. So I reached out to Ayo and I was like, um, so he had this search fund, um, um, concept, which was related to e-commerce. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, we could actually build out an e-commerce hold call after a few conversations. And, and I was like, and that's when I joined Octelion, um, as a co-founder okay. and we, we just, our thesis is buy good for you businesses or so consumer brands that um, are either in the food and beverage space or in the skincare and beauty space. So, so, but they have to be good for you. So we're not going to be buying, you know, businesses that are selling, you know, high fructose or sugar, you know, um, just on healthy foods and neither would we do that for skincare. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's been two and a half years now as on the operator side of things, which is <laughs> humbling and very, very, very exciting at the same time. And, um, it's, it's been, it's been happy days. I hope that was not too long. Wanted. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it was very, very interesting. Everyone has a story and uh, the journeys are very, very unique, right? So it's very interesting to understand where people are coming from and their journey. Uh, so thanks. Thanks a lot for that. So let, let's elaborate about Octillion, right? I know you're evaluating brands, you're acquiring brands. Please share, I mean, what is your inv- evaluation criteria? How do you, you know, make decisions? What are the KPIs? How do you, you know, work around valuations? What is your acquisition strategy? Uh, very, very good question. So the first bit, which is the, the industry We've we we we've cleared that CPG good for you food food yep. and beverage you know health and beauty from a financial standpoint we're acquiring businesses with revenues from two million to twenty million our preference is your single channel so you could be Amazon only or D 2 C we don't really mind and you must have a net profit of 
20%, at least 20%. And we look at performance over the trailing 24 months, not just 12 months. We look at the last 24 months to understand trends. We also don't want to buy businesses less than two years old, right? Yeah. And we, we, we're we also looking at, okay, what is the trajectory? So I would go into their analytics or their Shopify analytics and kind of say, okay, this spur of growth you had five years ago or three years ago, what was the catalyst? And was it the same method you used to get to this other base point? Yeah. So it's it's a very holistic perspective where we're blending in like marketing insights with with finance to to make so it's proprietary in, in, in a way. So on top of that, we really look at the catalyst to growth and if it can be sustained or if it needs to be transformed. So if the mm-hmm. catalyst for growth, for instance, was influencer marketing to get you to five million in revenue, can can would is it sustainable to get us to the next next base camp of ten million, or should we sort of diversify? What are the options of diversifying? And we can plug in a Facebook ad expert there and say, could you please just give us a prognosis on the potential for this from a from a Facebook advertising standpoint? So we have yes. a game plan to to move. Um, we we buy out, so we typically also buy out. Um, it's it's a we one hundred percent, but we initially serve sort of, um, you know acquire fifty to sixty percent. Sometimes it grows as much as eighty percent, and there's an earn out you know um, yes. you know component to the deal mm-hmm. over two years um, over a two year period. We prefer to to deal with fewer SKUs, but we're we're not um, we're that's not too important um, from from that perspective. And what else would I say? Those those are the main criteria. So two to twenty million in in revenue, single channel um, profitability twenty percent. Yeah, that, that is right. That's and, right. And, okay. So in terms of the working capital that are required for the additional growth of these mm-hmm. businesses, uh, how do you handle? I mean, do you also provide some kind of a planning and financing for taking the companies to the next phase? So for our first few deals, it's it's been a pot, an internal pot we've 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 had. Okay. Um, but for subsequent deals, we are looking at a syndicate model, so a syndicated model. So, if we spot a an opportunity, like an acquisition acquisition opportunity, mm-hmm. what is likely going to happen for our next few deals is where, with the reputation where we we have, where where we'll we'll be putting together a, it might be just one investor or you know, a consortium of investors to go okay. in on, on the deal. Got and it. a component of that deal would be to provide sufficient working capital for the next trailing 18 months. So we hit our, our target growth, um, you know, um, our, our growth target as well as yeah. just make sure the earnout is, is, um, is accelerated as quickly accelerated, as, yeah. as, as And possible. obviously achievable, right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, from yeah. free cash flows. Correct. Correct. And how those valuations are calculated, you know, in the space? Right. So if you asked me this question two years ago or <laughs> even even at the start of last year, I'd have said, um, you know, Forex SDE or Forex net profit typically. Okay. So SD is adjusted, um, you know, net profit to include other like director perks you, you get. So let's say 
you make a net profit, but you're also like leasing a car through your company that's added to the value. And then you multiply, mm-hmm. you know, um, the SD by, by multiple. So right now it's on a case by case basis. Um, it can okay. range from, from just 1.5 SDE. So let's say you're a single channel business, single marketing, single product business. You're not worth much, to be honest. Um, if it's mm-hmm. just one product and you know one channel, yeah. Um, but but if like your retention-based company, you know, you, you have at least you know forty-five, fifty percent um, of recurring revenue coming from um, from subscriptions, for instance, because the difference between returning customers and subscriptions, right? So subscriptions mm-hmm. are a mm-hmm. longer-term commitment, financial yep. commitment. Yeah. Then obviously your valuation will go up, but I still think it'll be more towards the four. Um, you know, three. 3.5. Yes. We're, we're always open to um, to negotiations. Obviously, um, right now it's it's a value. Uh, the market is very value driven, um, and yeah, it's it, it's important that um, the right value is attributed to the company. Now, if a company again, remember what I talked about the the historical trends of growth in the business. So if yes. if it's been stable. Over time, that gives you more credibility, gives the valuation more credibility, and gives you more elasticity in in the in the multiples that it will yes. command. So, so it's, it really varies on a on a on a case by case basis. Yes. And, and also, we we if we're to bring debt into into it for the acquisition, which which we we often do, then it will it would also be subject to the valuation of our of our financiers. You know, so got it. Um, yeah, it's a sure. fine blend, right? Yes, 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 and they have their own way of evaluating things. Exactly, and, and it has to work. Yeah. Any preference in terms of the commitment of the founding team, the management, or you are totally the, agnostic? The, 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 the first six months of operating the business really matter. Um, yeah. So just ensuring that they and key members of their team on board, particularly within the first 60 days, first 30 days of the business towards really cooperating with our you know process extraction um you know pro you know um to lead to, to towards documenting and um mm-hmm. and, and understanding all the facets of their business and even then something new would always come up you know um sure. 18 months down the line there'll be some login that you don't have so it's it's a win-win for everybody you know so it's it's really really constructive um, we take a very constructive approach to um, to, to just managing the um, you know the the upana. So we want them to be to be on on site for, for for eighteen months at the minimum. Um, okay. On, uh, but we don't necessarily need them to turn up in the office. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really you know um, let's schedule this meeting. Um, it could be a once a week meeting initially. Um, and we, we, we essentially, you know, um, extract, um, all that we need to. And, and if, if they're very well prepared, uh, a lot of the time they would already had, you know, all of this documentation somewhere. And it would be a matter of us going through that documentation and asking further questions, which further reduces their time. So, so sellers, yeah. if you're listening to this, prepare, prepare hmm. for your sale, you know, prepare for your sales. Yes. So, so, um, you know, process transfer is, 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 is easier. Sure. Sure. And maybe last question on this topic, any preference for their technology stack? Um, so with, with, with an Amazon, it's pretty simple. Sure. <laughs> As in like, that's, it's Amazon. That's However, um, if there are upgrades in, in your WMS, for instance, um, 
we we just have to we we like Linworks, for instance, and, and so there might be some integration work with with Linworks. So yep. from operating, we're starting to see, um, you know, to, to to like certain tools. So, but again, I want to keep things open because you might be using a tool I've never used before. We okay. don't want to change too much in the first six months. Um, we want to know why you're you're doing what you're doing, and if it's working and maintaining cash flow, just leave it like that. Yeah. And then once you really understand the the good, the bad, the ugly, you can then make a technology decision. You know, to to towards changing you know systems, and then, um, like we acquired a business that DTC was WordPress um, or WooCommerce. We we transfer. We, we had to Shopify is it's more yeah. straightforward, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's you know, then you look at the stack within Shopify. Like we we just prefer the stability of Klaviyo, for instance. Um, sure. Yes, yeah, Sendlane is good. You know, no qualms about it. They're, mm-hmm. they're making a lot of noise. Appreciate that. Um, but we know what we know and our experts, you know, so we, we have a, a web of key experts. They know what they know and mm-hmm. we just try and adapt. And it's, I think it's more scalable if, if like systems are unified, um, there's an argument against it. It doesn't really matter. A lot of these things are um, just learning, you know, on, on the job, um, mm-hmm. but, but don't change too much, you know, after an acquisition, don't change too much. Unless if you're an expert in this, you know, it really works if you just switch it yes. and that's going to, to unlock maybe two or 5%, you know, um, maybe net profit savings, for instance, <laughs> why not? You know? Yeah. 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 It was like with one of our businesses, they had a, um, a gentleman agreement with for fulfillment, you know, f- mm-hmm. with um, with a supplier. So, what they were doing is they were shipping all their stock to this said supplier. So, any D two C orders, they said supplier was, you know, or you know, sending it out in, in their way. You know, yep. just there were like a mini, mm-hmm. mini fulfillment ends, and we changed that. You know, we're okay. like, this could be everything could be centralized on Amazon, for instance, and Amazon could. Although it's not perfect because Amazon doesn't really think about that unboxing experience, but it's just much more efficient. Yes. Know, to, so, so those are the kind of things you, you just... Of course. And, for, and obviously, from your perspective, looking at all these different you know companies, <coughs> consolidating supply chain, consolidating fulfillment, operation, technology stacks, right? And, mm-hmm. and obviously, you're very much involved in the day-to-day activities, I guess, uh, you know, mm-hmm. post-transaction. In terms of the day-to-day operations, sales, and uh, marketing activities, great. I mean, Kunle, anything you want to add on this uh, specific topic? Of course, you're inviting exciting companies and you know on board for evaluation. But anything else that we missed? Yeah, on this topic? If, if you, if you know, if if you have, um, if if you, you if you if your business aligns with the criteria, you know, I, I mentioned, yeah. please just reach out to me. I'm very active on LinkedIn or just email me at currently at oxygenandcapitalpartners.com. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a journey, you know, I have to say. Um, the market is thinner right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot of fire sales. Um, oh. What do I mean by fire sales? I mean, um, businesses that were funded over the last three, four years by venture capital and now they've run out of cash and they've gone back to their backers and their backers are like, we're not giving you any more money. <laughs> we stopped, sorry, yes. And some of their backers are insisting, you've got to sell. We'll help mm-hmm. you sell. You've just, you've got to sell, you know. So when you look at their numbers, 
it doesn't stack up. I went to London um, wow. yeah. two, three months ago in November, I went for a meeting. I mean, I see this brand when I'm going in, in the supermarkets, you know, I see them, CPG mm-hmm. brand, good mm-hmm. for you, as in like it checked all the boxes, but they, they over-index in their production facilities, right? Okay. And so they have these assets, you know, um, <clears throat> these fixed assets, facility, um, the payback period dwindling, the, the, it's just behind them. So the, it's an excellent opportunity, or well, that deal was an excellent opportunity for um, for operators that want to kind of like um, seize, um, get a lot of physical assets so that they probably use that site for other things, right? For, for other but like the deal was not was not sweet. They were not profitable. They were predicting profitability. So it's like passing on the baton. Who wants to take on yeah. that risk? And then they were mm-hmm. putting a value because they wanted to get back all their like at least just just break even on, on the capital expended. Right. Yeah. So Recover the price expenses, didn't make any yeah. sense. But yes. uh, you know, so it was like they were selling based on revenue multiples and it just didn't make, make you sense, know, any, yeah. any any sense. So that's the 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 market at the same time you know um you know people who have really good businesses many of them don't want to sell because the last trailing 12 months have not been particularly great for every but for most people for most brands most businesses and so yes. they're they're sitting on their laurel so a lot of the deals happening now are by word of mouth you know um mm-hmm. uh, so they're, they're off market deals um before they they get on any with any um, broker or or, um, or platform. Yes, yes, and, and we know, and you also hear that from, uh, I mean, your uh, you, know, you know prospects, and also we when we talk to brands. I mean, twenty twenty three was tough, right? Uh, first, second, third quarters, maybe some recovery in Q four, and I guess there are some a little bit more optimistic to twenty twenty four, right? So, I mean, how how do you see that from your side? I I think. Right now, I think I'm speaking anecdotally. For me, it's um, it's really for one of our businesses, really like net margin preservation. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about net margin preservation: you you, you try and you know um, you you try and get you, you're not spending on on growth, right? You're creating gaps in the market, mm-hmm. right? That place you used to occupy. That you built so much, you built with so much blood, sweat, and tears, is going to be taken over by another brand, and they might probably be occupying that space cheaper because you're not even competing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like yes, you need to preserve capital, but at the same time, you you still need to keep look for levers of growth that keep you in the in the know, you know, as in keep you relevant. Yes. It's a trade-off, you know, and those brands that are not afraid to, or even have the capacity and not afraid to, you need to first of all have the capacity and then not afraid to lean on your fear, you Mm -hmm. know, and and still, even if like growth rates were like, your your month-to-month growth rates last year were like 10, 15%. Yeah probably still want to grow but make sure it's five percent you know maybe half of what was done at last year if you're trying to really preserve capital so you're still in that game Mm -hmm. um and then artificial intelligence you know uh, every member of your staff 
you know, should be able to utilize artificial intelligence to double throughput. Yes. You know, uh, you know, you can, you can, you can go through customer support tickets faster with the assistance of, of well-trained, you know, agents there. Mm-hmm. You can build landing pages faster with, um, you know, landing page builders, copywriters, you know, who know how to use chat GPT or any other generative AI, you know, platform. Mm-hmm. If you have a graphic designer that's leaning in rather than waiting for model photos, leaning in on, on AI to, to generate certain kinds of photos or studio photos, there are just many ways to leverage it to, 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 to ensure that, okay, we're saving money here and we're still trying to um, grow, you know, grow profitability, grow, you know, um, yes. not necessarily even grow profitability, but just grow revenue. Um, and yeah, that's my thoughts. Yes, I mean, also with AI, I mean, stuffing is going to change. I mean, so many things are changing so fast, right? I mean, mm. definitely AI is, you know, it's uh, it just we're just at the beginning of this trend and it's being used in various use cases already. And it will improve also very, very fast. I guess 2024 will be something to really evaluate, you know, definitely to cut cost, use time, but also see how it can accelerate, you know, sales accelerate marketing activities differentiate being more creative right all these things are very very important in any you know anyone who's building a brand and is looking to hire people i mean this is a kind of a fundamental tool um so kuna great i mean let's talk about the book e-commerce growth strategy maybe it's a good time to show okay (laughs) great 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 that's it yeah so what's i mean inspired you to write the book and please share i mean what inspired more me details. okay so the 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 true and honest um honest reason I, i've always wanted to write a book was to get more exposure and be known in my um in in my field as as a subject matter expert. Yes. that's what everybody does right that's the selfish way so i, I everyone wants like, that but not everyone every- write a book right <laughs> Yeah. I had four, so I made four attempts in, in okay. this book, four, four attempts, <laughs> wow. four attempts, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding you. And in the introduction, I'll read the first sort of paragraph of my introduction, why I wrote this book. Yes, to set the please. scene for what has gone into creating this book and the trials <laughs> and tribulations and had one insights of mine that you're about to benefit from reading. I had a folder in my Google Drive named Book Project. And in that folder, there were four subfolders, 2017, 2020. 2021-2022 Kogan Page. From the folder naming convention, you would be right to, if you picked up that. I had three failed attempts at writing the book about e-commerce. In hindsight, I'm grateful for the sequence of failures because at each of these timestamps, my fundamental first principles thinking on the Pins e-commerce growth, growth strategy had been evolving and doing so rapidly. I'm not going to read everything, but what, what I'm saying is that I failed several times and the time I then succeeded I'm no longer a consultant. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm, operator. I'm an okay. operator. So it is what it is. Um, really, really grateful for, for it. It took me 18 months to put it together. The only thing missing from this book is artificial intelligence. And I don't think there's any book that would, because as soon as I finished this book, that's when I think ChatGPT yes. was released. Um, but I, I, I don't think any book can capture you know AI the way it's, the way it's evolving so kudos um but but yeah the the book is more um 
you think it's it's just a marketing book. It's it's eighty percent a marketing book and then twenty percent an operations, you know, book. You know, what are the other facets of of growth in an e-commerce business? Like, but it, it does encourage like cross-functional, you know, um, growth in in e-commerce, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and not looking at it from a one-sided. I'm going to use like in my earlier example, search to grow your brand, or I'm going to only use Facebook ads to grow mm-hmm. a brand. It talks about how um, from a top of funnel perspective you bring them into um a, a more retention community-based brand faced brand first approach so the subtitle of the book is a brand driven approach to attract shoppers build community and retain customers you, that community bit is is really important and sure and if we go back to like the valuation of businesses you get more um, more multiples off the back of a community built, um, you know, business because as an acquirer, you're buying both the community and then the business, you know, there, you know, in terms of the customers, um, you, you first, you first become, um, your audience, then you become a community and, and then you have customers. Um, so I, there are about 20, how many chapters do we have? Um, I haven't opened the book in a long time. We have about 18 chapters in the book. Um, and the first few chapters are just talking about the strategy. Um, and I think the, so chapter one is just an overview of what e-commerce growth is. I, I mm-hmm. have like six key principles. The customers is front and center, optimize experience for habitual purchase honing on, on a culture of experimentation for continuous improvement, be channel agnostic, so embrace channel marketing to grow. Winning e-commerce means being brand-driven, and then um, growth is cross-functional. So those are like my first principles of what it takes to grow a business, which are like, you know, fundamentals in of, you know, of the business. Yeah. So if like for the first time you ever want to do e-commerce, just try and understand those concepts before you, you build anything yeah, else. Yeah, the basics, right? Yeah, the basic the foundations. Basics. And then um, I, I the, the chapter two is more collaborative cross-functional growth, which essentially encourages that you have an e-commerce growth stack. And that growth stack um, is R&D, operations, customer service, marketing, finance, tech, M&A within the finance. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those are like tools, your tool sets, you know, for, for that. And then the, fir- the next three chapters are very important because the, the chapter three is more about the grand brand core so what's your story pillars of, of, of brand building brand equity visual identity brand positioning all of that and then four to me is the most important chapter which has got to do with customer behavior um so really understanding the psychology of why people do what they do and in the context of shopping, you know, what is psychology? What are the psychological building blocks? Um, every consumer brand should know about um, their customers. And I, I actually take you through a journey of a funnel. So at top of the funnel, you know, what what are the triggers? What are the key? Um, what are the key motivations? What's your key objective? You know, as a brand, and then we move into customer data because once you then understand how people behave, you need to sort of find a, a quantitative way of measuring that behavior, which is customer data. Yep. And then every other chapter of the book, apart from the last two chapters, are like key 
marketing um, topics in, in e-commerce like acquisition, retention, audience building and influencer marketing, lifecycle marketing, search engine marketing. Just, I can't really go deep. I didn't really go deep into this. Subject. I just gave you like, yes. these are the key principles so, you need to know um, about social advertising, channel marketing. And then we, we end with, like alternative ways of of growing um you know finance and then yeah um it, it's it's good for an executive in e-commerce that's just starting their career um and needs to just understand okay what do i need to know now that i'm working for like an e-commerce SaaS company or if i'm working for an e-commerce business itself what are the things i need to know um and then it will also be good for somebody who, who needs a refresher on, on e-commerce <coughs> students um, and you know, founder who's um, who just wants a refresher again. Um, so yeah, it's that's that's a book. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, and it sounds like it's uh, that it, you know, sharing information, you know, like in, insights across various you know uh, sectors. I mean, it's also on the marketing side and growth, the tech stack, right, which is probably fit for more of the directors of e-commerce and the, those who are responsible on technology stack, the finance. It just covers you know the entire array of challenges and, and 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 issues while running a complete you know brand right so i think it's uh encompass everything and let, let's just maybe just try to dive into one of these topics i know you wrote and you speak a lot about brand building right the the, the importance of brand building and mm -hmm. crafting an emotional journey or an emotional intelligent marketing strategies mm -hmm. so i'd love you to elaborate on that because this is a very you know interesting topic so at the heart of it all, right, um, we're speaking to customers, right, um, to humans, sorry. And from a humanistic standpoint, um, we are, we feel, we feel as in like, yeah. and before we think, we, right? We, we feel, feel we think, exactly. <laughs> Desperate can craft feelings as brand owners. We can actually subtly direct people to take actions without actually knowing it, just because they they have a feel a good feeling with us as a brand every time they interact with us. Yes, and it's a good space to be. So, and at each stage of the funnel, that feeling, as much as it's constant. The objective is is different, so th that's it as at as a as a at a top level. Now, to start that feeling, your your brand story has to be there. You know, it has to. People are going to remember this conversation from my introduction more so what we're talking about now. Hmm. If I want to communicate a a point to you, you you will learn it better if I tell you a personal story. Sure. So when you become essentially a fantastic storyteller, masterful storyteller as a brand, you begin to see that the friction, the purchase friction actually reduces, the resistance actually reduces over and over as in as you, you, you go on. So if we understand emotions, we understand when to trigger fear. <laughs> we 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 understand, and if you, you, you and and the emotions should be primary emotions 
fear, anger, they're in the same space, you know, feeling good, love, you know, in the same space, sense of community in the same space with lots of serotonin. Yeah. You know, so with the community building, you, you, you know why you're doing it, the feeling you're trying to get everybody to feel at that point in time. Yes. And I think if brands do that, they'll be more intentional um, with what they put out and how they communicate with, with audiences. Remember, audiences are like the first step. From audience, you build a community because the audience is like, I start out an Instagram channel, people who, who see the reach. The community are people who then give me, who start to comment, right? Who engage with me. That's community level one. That's a community that exists, exists in Instagram. Now, Instagram has created like subscribe. Every platform that has a subscribe. Subscribe, yeah. So, so with the subscribe, they, they want you to maintain community within their platform because they, what they found out is that they're losing community off the back of yes. by providing email addresses. And then you get into the things like convert kits, you know, and yes, and, I mean, people know, are building communities outside of um, that. That is right. Instagram, so, yeah. so, community is, is that. And then you have premium community where they're paying that extra. And then you have customers who just want to support you. They love what you're doing. And it's all driven by, by emotions. And, and not everybody is is equipped to build community you know some people it's just you need to find the right people you know in terms of talent to to really grow community and it's it's yeah. not just a a this is this is it on my cv it's 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 more the ability to get people to feel it's it's down to feeling and 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 the feelings are yes. are, are, are they're more a mammalian brain, right? So exactly. So, yeah. so that's that's kind of like my my thoughts, you know. There, yeah. Um, I think I talk about it. I talk about the human brain in in customer behavior, but but that's more in in chapter chapter four. I, I really, yeah, that's more in chapter four. But but yeah, from from a branding standpoint, you you obviously want to nail the the personas you want to know who your 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 audience is obviously that's really broad stroking but if you create a range of personas um that would help you you know quite 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 a lot and and then um yeah that's that's really it really yes um, yes you know the daniel kahneman one of the leading neuroscientists right of our age mm -hmm. right explains that 95 percent of our daily decision decisions are being made you know by our instincts right <laughs> and not by our prefrontal cortex only five percent of our decisions are made when we think about it so we take a decision from an instinct instinct is just a accumulation of life experiences right although we mm -hmm. call it gut instinct but it's happening in the brain and we take the decision instinctively and then we use the prefrontal cortex to explain to ourselves why we took that decision <laughs> right and it's really amazing to realize, right, how, you know, reptilian mind and emotional mind is so, like, 95% of any decision that we make. So it's uh, fully, you know, resonate exactly with the emotional, you know, decision-making that you've mentioned and perfectly clear, yes. Wow, Kornle, it's really, really insi insightful. And thank you so much, uh, I mean, for all the great stuff. 
Only on a personal note, can you tell us something about yourself that uh, most of your professional network are not aware of? I'm a coach. I'm a football coach for, really? for my seven-year-old um, son. And wow. I, I, I don't watch, I don't, I don't even have a favorite football team. <laughs> really? This was my next question. You don't have one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As in, all, all I, all, all, all the, the only football I've been exposed to throughout my life has been like, um, World Cups, right? Yeah. World Cups, maybe Olympics football. There's yep. some exciting Olympic football matches in the nineties, hmm. but like, I don't really, I'm not a football guy, but I just thought, my son was was having challenges in in the playground in school. He was like all the boys play football. I thought this is a gift I should give him. It's okay. a language, you know. Football is a language, in my opinion. So I, I, Culture, I, I yeah. yeah. So and now he's getting. I said, "Who are your friends?" He said, "All the football boys." He's <laughs> like, "Okay, it's <laughs> working. Good. It's working." Yes. <laughs> wow, Kunle, thank you so much for your time. So, <laughs> sure. w where is the best place to find you? Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm active on LinkedIn. I try and post like five, six times a week, um, mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. Um, and then email Kunle at OctinionCapitalPartners.com. Um, yeah, th those are the two, two main channels. If, if you slide on my DMs in, in LinkedIn, very happy to connect, just, just hit connect. Um, and you're very happy to chat with you. Just email, email me. Um, really, really appreciate this, Ethan. Sure. I really appreciate your time. Uh, anyone listening or is considering, you know, having, even exiting his brand in the future, Kunle is the right guy to talk to. So thank you very much, Kunle, for your time. It was really a pleasure you, hosting you here. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Your support means the world to us. If today's episode has been insightful for you, consider sharing it with someone who would also benefit. Even one share can make a big difference. Looking to elevate your e-commerce game? Discover Vimy, a multi-channel e-commerce platform that will transform your business with the power of shoppable video. Visit us at vimy.net to learn more. It's vimy, V-I-M-M-I dot Thank you for being part of our journey. Stay tuned for more invaluable insights in our next episode.